Now, on this Invest Talk podcast, Justin Klein listens to your questions. Hi, guys. Big fan of the show. I wanted to get your opinion on Realty Income REIT, stock symbol O, and provides unbiased answers. I wouldn't get duped into investing it just because it pays a monthly dividend. That's nice and all. How sustainable is that dividend? How consistent will that dividend be? Invest Talk. Over 30 million downloads and counting. Hello, this is Michael from New Jersey. I'm a kid investor and I was wondering about AMC. Do you think I should sell, hold? Because I will be paying short-term capital gains. Your participation makes it unique. 888-99-CHART. This podcast is produced by KPP Financial. Steve Peasley, President. KPP Financial. Independent thinking, shared success. And now today's podcast. Good afternoon, fellow investors, and welcome to Invest Talk. This is our Thursday, April 1st, 2021 edition of Invest Talk. And no, I won't be playing any jokes on you today. You don't have to worry about that. Hopefully, no one got duped this morning. I know. Uh, there were a couple of uh, things that I saw that definitely definitely fooled me for about mm, 0.5 seconds, and I go, oh, wait, it's April Fool's Day. So um, make sure you keep an eye out for those. Well, either way, no matter what happens today, I am going to do my best in this hour to help you in one way, shape, or form. Maybe not get duped by the market, uh, things in the market. Uh, ideas, uh, and help you uncover the real ideas, the real opportunities that make sense for you and your particular situation. You know, we're in an environment where the saying goes, fraud creates alpha, meaning frauds are doing better than most real companies. Now that tide is turning, starting to see that a bit. Uh, And that makes it even more important to keep your eye on the real fundamentals, real businesses, and that'll help you avoid some of the big downdrafts that already happened to some degree. Our focus point today talks a bit about that, uh, but also we know that that are soon to come. Now, that does not mean that the market as a whole has to have some huge setback. But individual names can't. Okay. So helping you understand where the opportunities are, where the risks lie, is my number one job, along with presenting it all without bias. That's my goal here each day is to give you the facts, whether I'm explaining what's happening in the market, uh, about a particular sector, a particular company, or just simply broad theory and process. I'm going to do my best to give you the facts as I see them that my 20 years of experience have brought me. And so I'm Justin Klein. Of course, we encourage you to contact us with your finance and investment questions. And when you do that, you get to shape this show, which is job number one, is to make this show to benefit the most of you in the most impactful way possible. And the best way to do that is if you call and interact with us right now during our live stream program, 4 to 5 Pacific Time, or if you're listening after hours, you can always 
leave a message on our Invest Talk Voice Bank. Either way, the number never changes. 888 chart So let's get right to our first listener question now. Hi, this uh, message is for Justin. I have a question regarding Kathy Wood. My name is Vince, and I'm calling from Dubai. I uh, love the show, by the way. Uh, so here's my question. Uh, Justin, you've had some pretty strong words to say about Kathy Wood and her management style. And I guess my question is quite simple. How should a retail investor reconcile the comments you've made about Kathy with, uh, one, her you know, performance over the past five years, which are nothing short of phenomenal, and two, her assets under management, which I believe is anywhere from uh, between $45 million billion to uh, $50 billion. And lastly, she's been in the industry for about 40 years. And so I think last week you had mentioned that you said she was a crackpot and, and a bit crazy. So as a retail investor, how are we to reconcile the facts I just mentioned with the comments you've made? It's hard for us to invest in someone who you've referred to in, in such a manner, but seems to have quite a strong performance record. So I'd love to hear your response on the podcast. Thank you. Bye-bye. Well, first things first, what you have to understand about Kathy and ARK investing is uh, what she spoke about is the last five years and the last five years, and you can even say 10 years. And that sounds like a long period of time, but in the history of markets, it's not at all. There are many, many periods of time, three, five, seven, ten 10 plus years where different themes are in vogue or out of vogue. And she is a thematic investor. That's what these ARC funds are, are all about. It's about disruption and growth companies, the exciting story and the narrative stocks. And those have done well. And there, this, there were these back in the, the late 90s that were very, very similar. They were in the mutual fund form. I'm trying to remember the exact name of, 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 of a handful. It's been a while since I've thought about it. But there were these darlings of the fund industry, the mutual fund industry back then. And those all crashed because their returns were based on uh, the, this momentum into the tech bubble, the dot-com bubble 1.0. And that kind of unwound. And that's what you're seeing here is it's, it's in mutual, it's an ETF form, but back then it was in mutual fund form. Now, there's something that will always be true about markets, and that is that they are mean reverting. Now, what does that mean? It means that nothing can stay parabolic forever. I mean, go up in some crazy... Uh, crazy reflexive rise. Uh, and that's a lot of what you're seeing here is a lot of free reflexivity. And when I say reflexivity, what that means is uh, the, the, the funds go up, these type of companies go up, so people are chasing performance, and that means there, more money is going into those particular names, and then the performance get, gets better, and then more and more people jump on. That's the reflexiveness. And there's a lot of reflexiveness in the indexing craze as well. And so this is what you've seen here is this reflexivity. And that reflexivity, though, happens the other way as well. Once kind of the narrative shifts and you're starting to see that over the past six, nine months or so where the value is outperforming growth. Now, is that going to stick? Or is that going to turn a 
uh, a choppy NASDAQ into a full-on bear market NASDAQ yet to be seen. But that's certainly a possibility. And so that's really what you're looking at. And, and just, I wouldn't say she's a crackpot. So maybe some of her, her uh, projections are crackpot-ish. Some of her assumptions about different companies that she invests in and she has you know her models and models are all about the inputs and what the expectation for growth is and profitability and over x number of years etc and she actually posts those on her site but it's all about the inputs and a lot of her inputs are pretty crackpotish because they just simply can't grow that size for that long uh you know otherwise you become the whole economy for example or a coal industry and so that's that's what I'm saying there, and so um, that's how you reconcile. Is understand her thematic approach or Ark Investing's thematic approach in context to history. This is not new; it's a bit different, but that's how it always is. It's always a bit different, but it's also similar to the past. There's nothing new under the sun. This has happened before; it will happen again. And you just have to recognize it that we're in this particular moment in history and plan accordingly and know that reversion of the mean always happens. Now, why am I here today? Well, I'm doing this podcast in order to help you manage through these uncertain times, these different times, different times than we've seen really ever when it comes to government policy, central bank policy, uh, technological innovation, and it's similar to some periods and in some ways not so. And so during this transition in markets, I am here to help you create a strategy. And everyone's strategy is going to be a little different. Everyone's risk level goals are going to be a little bit different. But hopefully I can give you some perspective and data to refine your process, refine your strategy, and become a better investor. Now let's check in on the market today. You had the S&P cross above that 4,000 mark, 4,019 on the close today. The small caps were also up nicely about the overall market, but still below the highs from uh, or mid-March. The NYSE making new highs, uh, so large caps making new highs. NASDAQ also making a lower high. So you're seeing that relative weakness a bit there in the Russell versus the Russell and the NASDAQ. And that's kind of interesting because Russell was kind of leading the NASDAQ dramatically. And now they're both kind of lagging the S&P, which is also uh, pretty interesting. You said gold up a good amount today looks ready to me to kind of break out. What I look at typically is the GDX to the GLD, that ratio. And when that starts to trend up, when the GDX starts outperforming gold, that's when the next leg is upon us. And it looks to me, close today above its 100-day moving average for just the second, third time in the past month. And it's starting to point higher. And I think you're ready for gold to break out. Uh, and GDX is indicating that now you had the 10 year pullback as well that was down about six basis points 1.67 percent at the close of today and this is this is just a minor pullback i still think we're going to be in this 1.6 plus range in the 10 year working our way edging our way up to that two percent mark 
but it's going to be probably kind of slower than it was over the past few months. So that's where we are in the bond market. What was interesting today in the credit markets was that the high yield actually was down in relation to treasuries. And that's a bit odd. Okay, so yield spreads widened out a bit when markets kind of hit new highs. So still seeing a lot of shakiness underneath the surface, even though those headline numbers are making new highs. But we can continue that way. Once again, this is kind of reflexive as their government has mandated people to put money into targeted funds and to index funds. That's kind of where we're at until the tide turns. So as long as liquidity is still flowing, you could see kind of a, a march higher. But I do expect more volatility in the back half of the year. Now you listen to Invest Talk. I'm Justin Klein. We are now through the first quarter. It's over. Yesterday was the last trading day. Today was the first trading day of this quarter. And the goal, your goal, of financial freedom must continue. And that's what I'm here to help you with. So let's talk about whatever is on your mind. We're taking your calls live at 888 chart The markets react to uncertainty. Are you prepared? Is your portfolio balanced? Is it optimized? Your financial future depends on the answers to those questions. Justin Klein is here now and ready to talk with you. Call Invest Talk, 888-99-CHART. Let's go to our friend Emilios up in San Francisco. He's looking at Enbridge. How are you, Justin? I'm doing very well. Are you you hanging in there up in the Bay Area? I'm hanging. I'm uh, doing okay, you know, healthy. So that's all I ask well, that's for. That's good, good to hear. <laughs> now you're looking at Enbridge. Do you own it or are you looking to buy it? I have a small position, but I, I don't know if I should keep it for, you know, for uh, the long term. I'm looking to have it so I can collect a dividend, but I want to know if you like the company, if it's if it's fundamentally okay. Well, this is a pipeline company mainly, and they transport a lot of oil from Canada, uh, fairly diversified, but they, their, their main business is distributing oil and natural gas from Canadian oil sands uh, and other, other uh, projects up there. And they do have some renewable energy uh, part, which is, which is good to diversify them a bit. Uh, but the question is, what about their debt levels? And their debt is pretty—it's pretty high, but it's come down. Uh, their cash flow is good. Uh, I'm uh, my issue is their is their dividend. Their dividend rate is pretty high, and I think that is probably not going to go up in the near term. They need to uh, continue to repair their balance sheet, and so I expect that dividend actually to be cut. So if you're relying on the dividend. No, but uh, I think it's actually a reasonable value, uh, and so I like it. You listen to Invest Talk. I'm Justin Klein, and for investors, the need to remain vigilant never ends. So we're taking your calls live at 888 Chart. Steve and Justin have recorded a special bonus podcast. It's a fast-paced learning podcast for the average investor. It's free, so be sure to tell your friends. It can be downloaded now at iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, and investtalk.com. Look for Rapid Fire Hour. 
head over to Los Altos and talk with Steve. He wants to ask about a Roth IRA. Hi, Justin. Um, thanks for taking my call. I'm a big fan. Um, I have um, $3,200 in my Roth IRA. I just transferred some money over to beat the um, April 15th deadline. And I was curious um, if it would be okay to buy Amazon. It might be the only chance I could see myself being able to buy Amazon for my Roth IRA because I happen to have so much you know, money to pay for a share. Or should I focus more on um, balancing my fund and diversity, just kind of keep going with the base on that? Yeah, I would go with diversity. There's actually a lot of brokers that allow you to buy fractional shares. That's another that's been another driver of this retail craze as well, where people are buying you know, 0.1 shares of uh, a stock like Amazon. So instead of $3,000. Yeah, costs, I don't have any of that. I'm three. through Vanguard, and um, they don't do that. And So, so you, can, but, uh, um, you can move it. Uh, I, I would recommend that yeah, you, is move it to okay. a different broker that, that does allow that. Not Robinhood, but there's there's other ones that are, that are bigger and much better. So that's the way I would do. I wouldn't just put all my eggs in one basket in Amazon, uh, especially with the regulatory risk. You're you're now seeing workers unionize in Amazon, and and there's a lot of political backlash. And uh, certainly, they're spending a lot of money on lobbying, and I think they're one of the biggest in the country now when it comes to spending money on lobbyists. But that doesn't prevent them from having a political environment that is more contentious towards their profits, their business, etc. And so I would not be putting all my eggs in one basket uh, for Amazon. I would, I, would be, I would be diversifying and moving that to a broker where you can buy fractional shares. Thanks for the call, Steve. Now, my focus point today concerns a story that provides an IPO lesson for investors, and it's about the... Amazon-backed company Deliveroo, they IPO'd in the UK. Yes, there are other exchanges in the world besides just the NASDAQ and the NYSE. In fact, the, uh, London is probably the second biggest equity trading country uh, in the world. And this is a delivery startup, basically. They debuted on Wednesday, yesterday, and they sank by around 30%. And this is what I'm seeing right now is oversupply. This was a big part of what cracked the Tech Bubble 1.0 was just a massive flood of new issues coming on the market. And in today's world, it's less about the companies that are IPOing and more about the SPAC world. And right now there's actually an oversupply of SPACs and many of them are, are creating some below $10, which if you want a pretty safe bet, a lot of them uh, you, can, you can buy below 10 and you're going to get 10 back. But there are 433 SPACs looking for private firms to take public, meaning there's 433 out there just trying to find targets, trying to find deals. And so... When those deals happen, typically they raise more money in the form of a, a pipe. Basically, an investor like Fidelity that would hold on to those shares longer term, and that would take more money uh, out of the, 
the market and into these particular names. And there are more than, let's see, there's about 250 more SPACs set to hit the market in the near term that have filed for regulatory documents saying they intend to raise money from investors. So there's just so much supply out there. And you're starting to see a lot of these new issues kind of fail, which is pretty interesting to me. And it's another one of those indicators in the market. When you see IPOs failing, remember two, three years ago, almost every IPO was jumping dramatically on debut. And this was similar in the late 90s as well. And you're starting to see a little bit of failure, and that's what you saw in the early, early 2000, before kind of the full rollover. So this was an interesting case, and yes, it's overseas, but still, it's a company that was pretty hyped. They sold 384 million shares with a, a size of 1.5 billion pounds. This is in pounds. And a billion of that was going to fund itself, fund the company, and 500 million pounds was to go to existing shareholders. And what's interesting is that retail investors can't trade this until April 7th. So it's, a, it's kind of funky in that way. And shows to show you that these companies are, are at the moment in the driver's seat. But as more and more of them fail, that's going to flip and change the market dynamics. Now for the next Invest Talk, we prepared a new Best of Caller Question compilation show that will be posted tomorrow on Good Friday as Steve and I take a few days off. And we'll be having an all new live show on Monday. I will actually be flying to Maui on Saturday, so I'll be out for the next week, but he will be there to fill in for me and uh, answer all your questions. And I know Steve does a great job. So uh, enjoy. For now, I'm Justin Klein. I'm ready to take your questions live at 888 chart Just wondering what your thoughts are on all the Robinhood trading and the, the Red Hat boards. Got a question for Steve or Justin? Now is a good time to call Invest Talk. This is Invest Talk, made possible by KPP Financial, where principals and Invest Talk hosts Steve Peasley and Justin Klein are independent financial advisors. For clients, they are fiduciaries. Steve and Justin have a duty and a commitment to always place the interests of their clients ahead of the firm. This is different from the way many other organizations operate. And one way you can realize the benefit of an association with KPP Financial is to know that KPP practices parallel investing. This means that the personal investment accounts of KPP principals participate with client investments at equal prices and percentages. It's an important difference. You can learn more anytime at investtalk.com. At KPP Financial, we offer independent thinking with shared success. Let's say you've been thinking about learning a new language. Okay, why? I mean, how would it come in handy? And where would you want to use it? Could it be that you have an upcoming international trip? Or maybe you want to connect with family members or friends from a different culture? I think you should know about Rosetta Stone. With millions of users, it's been the world's most trusted language learning program for 30 years. 
Rosetta Stone is available on your desktop or as an app with Audio Companion and the ability to download lessons offline. Rosetta Stone truly immerses you in the language you want to learn. It has a built-in, patented speech recognition engine called True Accent. So as you practice speaking, you'll get feedback on how well you pronounce words. With Rosetta Stone, you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. It's an intuitive process designed for long-term retention. You really learn to speak, listen, and think in your new language. Rosetta Stone is an amazing value, so your special skill set is within easy reach. You know you want to do this, so don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, InvestTalk listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com today. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off now at rosettastone.com today. At this point, I think almost everyone has heard how generative AI promises to bring us to the next industrial revolution. AI is already shaping society with an impact on daily life that echoes the transformative significance of electricity or the internet. As we take steps to embrace the potential of generative AI, we need to remain vigilant with regard to its exploitability. This is where HackerOne comes in. HackerOne's AI Red Team addresses the novel challenges of AI safety and security for businesses that are launching new AI deployments. The HackerOne approach involves targeted offensive testing by harnessing the collective skills of ethical hackers who are proficient in AI and prompt hacking. In short, AI red teaming is the practice of stress testing AI models and deployments to make sure they can't be tricked into providing information beyond their intended use, and that security flaws can't be exploited to access confidential data or systems. HackerOne seamlessly integrates with your existing tools to enhance communication and collaboration across development, security, and IT teams. So, stay ahead of the game in the battle against cyber threats with HackerOne's Attack Resistance Platform. Learn more at HackerOne.com. That's H-A-C-K-E-R-O-N-E.com. HackerOne.com. It's been another Investor Thursday, and we've all seen the market move up, down, and all around. It's called volatility, and you'll have investment and finance questions for Steve and Justin. They welcome your calls now. Invest Talk, 888-99-CHART. Hello, Steve and Justin. Um, this is Olaf from um, Milford, Connecticut. My question is, I have a small position in um, Volkswagen, and it went up about 10% today. I was wondering if this is a good time to add to, add to my um, position, or um, what do you think is a good time to, to get in again? Thanks, and I'll listen for your comments on the program. Bye-bye. Well, usually when something's up 10% in one day, it's not the best time to get in, but it looks like since... He recorded that call. It's pulled back a bit. Hit a high of 48. This is VWAGY. Remember, this is an OTC stock. This is not traded on our exchanges, so there will be some trading costs to, to buy it. But I do like Volkswagen as a, 
a real true leader in the electric market. Now, I will say, technically, it looks to be in kind of consolidation pullback phase. And I would be buying the low end of that range around 32. Now it's at 35, 32 and change. Uh, I, I think that's the area that uh, I definitely like. It pulls back into the low 20 or high 20s, excuse me. I would love it even more. So um, I like what you're looking at, but uh, I think it's been, it's a little overbought in the near term. Uh, it needs to consolidate. Let's go to Ryan in San Jose. He wants to talk about buying a house. Hey, how's it going? Um, going pretty yeah, well. Yeah, I had a question um, about, you know, I sold and, and now I'm looking to buy. So what would be a good short term, you know, knowing that I need to access that money in the next in the coming months? Uh, I liquid FDIC insured money market account. Uh, I had... I'll give you what what I use. I use Marcus by Goldman Sachs. It's uh, half a basis, half half a percent yield on my liquid cash that I just want to uh, make sure I have for whatever reason. It's not a giant amount, you know. It's not hundreds of thousand dollars, but in the tens of thousand, and because I may need it, uh, you definitely will need it. It sounds like so. Uh, I I know you're saying, oh, that's not a lot of money, but it's also very safe. It's FDIC insured. So that's, that's what I use. I would look for uh, the best yielding FDIC money market account to put that money in for the near term. Thanks for the call, Ryan. Let's go to Zach in Oakland. He's looking at NAT, which is Nordic American Tankers. Do you own it or are you looking to buy it? Um, I own it already. Okay. And what's your thesis I, on um, owning it? Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. Do, do you oh, no. Uh, what's your thesis? Why, why do you own it? Oh, oh, I bought it um, because of I, the chatter about the uh, Suez Canal. Um, and okay. I saw a lot of people talking specifically on StockTwit saying that if that disaster keeps going on for weeks on end that um this company will become more valuable in the short term and then um i also heard something about uh hc wainwright um acquiring a piece of it or acquiring con- some some kind of control of it and i know that they mm-hmm. um they I they rate uh, they hand down ratings and uh, changed the rating to neutral recently, but I know that people put a lot behind their ratings. Um, so I was okay. just wondering well, what you think about it personally. Yeah, well, let me let me start with the first thesis, and that is this this fiasco with uh, the Suez Canal. They, they've unblocked that, right? Okay, so that's behind it, and I, I wouldn't invest based on that. So uh, anything like that, it's almost always short-term, and that lasted four or five days. So yeah, I, I would never I would never do anything, uh, I would never invest in a company based on something like that because you don't know what's going to happen with that situation, and it was resolved. Now, number two is H.C. Wainwright. That's just a an analyst, and they – 
initiated some sort of coverage and, and gave it a $3.75 price target, which is my, you know, up 10% from where it's at now at $3.42. So neither of those to me are credible reason to invest in it. Now, the shipping industry historically is up and down. And this company has lost money many years, it earned money in 2020 because of uh, COVID and, and, and the issues with the uh, supply constraints uh, all over the world. And so to me, this isn't a good long-term investment. Now, what I can say, the chart is looking bullish. It's been consolidating after a surge in mid-February and been consolidating above the 100-day moving average, and it does look ready to, to rally. Where it heads to, it could head to the highs from last summer, which was around 5 bucks and change. Would not shock me if it got there. But this is a trading company. This is a company that you trade. You don't buy and hold this. So I don't mind it for right now. Oil prices are going up. The demand for oil is going up as government stimulates and we reopen, etc. So I have no problem holding this in the near term because of the technical backdrop as well as the backdrop of the oil industry. So for those reasons, I would hold it, but be looking to exit once you see a potential big spike. Let's go to Noel in Napa looking, oh, oh, we're headed, we're headed to a final, a, a break, not the final break, but a, oh, sorry, my, uh, my engineer is uh, confusing me. Let's go to Noel in Napa. He's looking at S-I-L. Uh, good afternoon, uh, Justin. Yeah, I, uh, I, I liked what you said uh, a little while ago about GLD and gold, mm-hmm. um, and I, in addition to that, I also own... Uh, S-I-L. Um, so that, what you say about gold, I guess, transfers over probably to the uh, SLV and S-I-L, I, I would assume. Uh, I thought I might maybe add some more to those holdings over there. Yes, the answer is yes. I do like S-I-L. S-I-L is the silver version of GDX, so the silver miners. There's a lot fewer silver miners, public silver miners, than gold miners. Uh, but this is a good way to get exposure if you want to just have broad exposure to the miners, silver miners. And so I like it. I like SIL. I would be buying more at these levels. You've had a nice, solid, steady consolidation period in the whole sector. And silver's had relative strength compared to gold. So I think that will, will continue. It's certainly going to have more volatility than gold or gold miners. But if you're willing to stomach that volatility, then I would be buying here. Thanks, Thanks for Justin. the call. No problem. Now let's see if we can make it five questions in a row. I think I can. This one came in earlier from New Jersey. Hello, this is Michael from New Jersey. I'm a kid investor, and I was wondering about AMC. And I bought shares at $5.40, and it's shot up quite substantially. Now, do you think I should sell, hold? Because I will be paying short-term capital gains if I were to sell. Thank you. I look forward to hearing the answer on the podcast. Bye. This is AMC Theaters, and this is part of the whole GameStop, Gamma Squeeze type of trade that's Wall Street Bets is perpetuating. And this is, this is going to be a short-term phenomenon. And I know it's been going on for roughly three months now, but three months is short-term. And it, it, to me, it looks like it's losing a lot of steam now. Could we get one more surge on AMC or GameStop? A lot of these 
uh, gamma squeeze names that uh, they're trying to force dealers to buy the underlying and, and create that uh, unnatural buying activity. Sure. But this is one of those names that's going to collapse by 30, 40, 50% or more in a single day. And you don't know what day that is. So I would be looking to take my profits sooner rather than later because you don't want to be the one holding the bag. And there will be many of them trying to, uh, that hold the bag on AMC because it's a company that is continuing to struggle. Losing money. Uh, yes, theaters are reopening, but still the valuation today, $4.2 billion with so much debt in their balance sheet, continue to lose money. It's not something that uh, should be trading at these levels. And so take your money off the table sooner than later. Well, now that we're through the first quarter, I think it's worth taking a minute to make you aware of some of the benefits of working with Steve and I at our company, KPP Financial, which is located in Irvine, California, just south of LA. Now, remind, let me remind you that here on Talk and at my company, KPP Financial, we operate with the philosophy of independent thinking and shared success, which means that we implement unbiased guidance, both on and off air, as well as practice parallel investing, which means our investment strategies are implemented for ourselves as well. So I encourage you to take advantage of our offer for a free portfolio review assessment via telephone, Skype, or GoToMeeting. Send us a message through investtalk.com or call KPP Financial Offices in Irvine, California at 888-99-CHART. We would love to help you. Now, Joe from Alameda, hang on. You will be next, but we're headed into... There is good news for loyal InvestTalk listeners, their friends, and families. Steve and Justin have recorded a special bonus podcast. This free podcast is available for download anytime. Typically, each day and night, the InvestTalk call center receives more voicemail questions than Steve and Justin can fit into a live show format. So in the bonus program... Caller questions will be played back from our voice bank and answered with brief, unbiased, and helpful responses. The first segment of the Rapid Fire Hour is hosted by Justin Klein, and Steve Peasley handles the second half. It's a fast-paced learning podcast for the average investor. It's free, so be sure to tell your friends. It can be downloaded now at iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, and investtalk.com. Look for Rapid Fire Hour. Let's head over, head over to Joe in Alameda. He's looking at Radiant Logistics. Do you own it or looking to buy it? Hi, Justin. Thanks for taking my call. I actually own this stock uh, back uh, in the summertime. I bought a basket of small cap stocks I, uh, on your guys' recommendation, and I kind of screened for value. And what I did is I, I bought one in each sector. This one has been a pr pretty good for me. It's kind of a steady eddy. Um, it represents about 25 almost 3% of my portfolio. It's been doing pretty good lately, and I was curious what's your opinion of it because I'm looking to maybe add some more to it. Well, this is Radiant Logistics, and for everybody else, it's a third-party logistics company. It provides multimodal transportation and logistics services primarily for customers here in the U.S. and in Canada. Uh, international air and ocean freight. Uh, so it's moving goods throughout the world. And that's certainly been a, a boom recently with the supply chain problems and 
turning to third-party logistic companies like this has certainly been uh, kind of a go-to, and that's helped them expand their margin, expand their profits. And you see that in 2020, you had operating cash flow of $30 million. Uh, previous year was $40 million, but before that was typically in the single millions, five, seven, ten million. So their business remains relatively robust. Their profitability metrics, return on equity, kind of up and down, has actually been relatively low lately. Uh, but I like their business. I like what they're in, at least in the, the medium term. So I'm going to give it a thumbs up. It's not exactly cheap anymore after rallying from $3.40-ish uh, near the bottom in March to $7.11 today. It's not expensive, but it's not nearly as cheap as probably when you picked it up. Uh, so the chart looks fine. The fundamentals are fine. I like the economic backdrop that you're operating in over the medium term. Uh, but this is probably a name that it would be riding for the next year or two uh, until you see a turn in the overall economy. So uh, it wouldn't be a long-term play because their profitability isn't strong enough for me. But I think in the medium term, I think they'll do well. Let's try to squeeze in one more question before our final break. This one came in earlier at 888-99-SHIRT. Hi, this is Paul, and I'm calling from the Bay Area of California. And I was just trying to get your five-year outlook on Snap, Snapchat. Any information would be greatly appreciated. Have a great day. Well, this is Snapchat, a company that's never made money, but they continue to add users and add revenue. I think they're better run than they have been in the past, and so that's definitely helping them. And that's why their stock has gone up pretty dramatically over the past, let's see, early 2020. It was a low of, pull this up here. My mouse will work. There we go. $10.85. Now we're at $54.49, but that's off 26% from its 52-week high just a few weeks ago. And it just shows you an environment where growth is underperforming, tech is kind of rolling over. Uh, this is uh, no, no different. $82 billion market cap. And if you look at their cash flows, their profits, doesn't justify that. So... And it's a business that is very fickle. Just look at TikTok. Snap was the preferred platform. And I use Snap with some friends. I know a lot of people that still use it, but it's kind of ancillary. It's not the main platform for most young people. TikTok is. A lot of them still use Instagram. And so it's a competitive business. And it's a business reliant on Fickleness of users, young users typically, and advertisers. So at these valuations, after this large run, with this recent break in trend, I'm going to pass on Snapchat. This is Invest Talk. I'm Justin Klein. We have one goal here is to help you achieve your own version of financial freedom. And our work continues after this final break. So get your questions in now at 888-99-CHART. This is Invest Talk. Is your portfolio balanced? Is it optimized? Is it delivering the types of gains you want and need to achieve financial freedom? 
Well, turn up the volume because there are many questions that deserve unbiased answers. And Justin Klein is here now, ready to take your calls live. 888-99-CHART. Hi, guys. Big fan of the show. I wanted to get your opinion on Realty Income REIT, stock symbol O. It is a monthly dividend payer with a lot of big names in its portfolio. Thank you. Looking at Realty Income, this is the largest triple net REIT retail REIT in the United States. They have more than 6,500 different properties that mainly house retail tenants. And I wouldn't get duped into investing it just because it pays a monthly dividend. That's nice and all. But we have to look at the underlying business, and that's always the case with all dividends. How sustainable is that dividend? How consistent will that dividend be? Is a giant question. And if you look at the history, they've been raising their dividend, but the only reason or only way they've been doing it is by issuing more shares. 2011, they had 126 million shares outstanding. Today, they have 345 million shares outstanding. So by a factor of two and a half over a decade. And they're doing that because their payout ratio, or their, sorry, their cash dividend payout ratio uh, is 86%, which is a little high. I'll say that. Not crazy high, but it's a little high. So that worries me a bit. Their debt has gone up, but not by a dramatic amount. But my main thing is that their profitability is struggling. Return equity is right around the 4% level. And they're a retail REIT in an environment where retail is dying, parts of retail anyway. Now, certainly, the, that, those 6,500 properties, you have a large mix of some great properties, I'm sure, as well as some okay and some poor ones. And so I don't like that backdrop. Uh, so I would not be, I would be looking for a different REIT. I like REITs. And this is something I spoke about, I believe, on Monday. You can't treat all REITs the same. But I, I would not be investing in this REIT. I'd be looking for one with more, with better secular tailwinds as opposed to secular headwinds like this. Now let's keep things moving. The next InvestLock question comes from a listener in San Diego. Hey, Steve. Hey, Dustin. I love the show. My name is Aiden. I'm calling from San Diego. I wanted to see what you guys thought about CCIV. I bought about 36 shares today. There's a lot of hype going around on YouTube and all that, and I bought in and bought some shares and wanted to see what you guys think. Thanks so much. Love the show. Bye. Well, first, don't buy the hype on YouTube. If everyone's talking about it on YouTube, that's, that, that's a bad sign. That's not a good sign. Okay? So what ch- this is CCIV, which is Churchill Capital, but it also it's a SPAC. It's taking, what was the electric car company? public. Lucid Motors, I believe it is, if I'm remembering correctly. I'm trying to look at the news here. Yeah. So it's an EV play, but it's also an EV play that you don't know the structure. There's a lot of hype. The profitability is, is meager as well. And how well is Lucid going to compete in a market that is getting increasingly competitive? Not just with the Volkswagens and Fords and GMs in the world, which have uh, 
long history of manufacturing, I wouldn't say excellence, but yeah, I mean, manufacturing excellence, maybe design, you could argue design hasn't been that great, but they've been producing millions of cars at scale for a long period of time. And so they're, they're very good at manufacturing profitably. Then you say, okay, well, there's Tesla and you could argue they have some technological advantages. There's an argument there. But I think the biggest threat is actually in China. There's a lot of Chinese cars. And I think there's going to be similar to the Japanese cars of the 70s and 80s when Honda and Toyota started coming over. Uh, I think that it's going to be tough for companies like Lucid to really compete with all of the players in the EV space. And so I would not be buying the hype. I would not be buying this company. I would be waiting for the dust to settle and be investing in companies in the EV space that have better prospects long-term to be profitable consistently. And to be honest with you, I think the better plays are the products and materials that go in to making EVs. I'm Justin Klein. This completes another Invest Talk program. Steve Peasley and I thank you for listening, and we encourage you to tell your friends and family members about our free podcast downloads. And we post a new program each weekday after our live stream broadcast, which concludes at 5 p.m. Pacific time. You can get your downloads for free anytime at iTunes, Spotify, or Google Play, as well as investtalk.com. I'll be in Maui all next week, but Steve will be here for new shows. Independent thinking, shared success. This is Invest Talk. Good night. Because of the nature of the interactive dialogue inherent in the format of this program, it's important for the listener to understand that not all comments made will apply to them specifically. Nothing said shall be taken to be investment advice, or shall statements on this program be considered an offer to buy or sell securities. Such advice is rendered solely on an individual basis and at times will require that the investor review a prospectus before investing. InvestTalk is a copyrighted program of Klein Pavlis Peasley Financial, a registered investment advisor, which retains all rights. For more information regarding KPP's investment advisors, call 1-800-557-5461.